Thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Life Church Podcast. In these episodes, you will hear encouraging messages from our weekend services. If you'd like to know more about us, watch a live stream, or find the closest Eastern Iowa campus near you, go to lifechurchnow.org. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, oh God. Amen. Y'all look good. And online, you look good too. Um, So I was thinking, uh, as I was driving here yesterday, I live in Minnesota, and I was crossing the Minnesota-Iowa border, and I'm like, I'm I'm a little bit on a healing tour, if you will. Uh, The last time I was in Iowa speaking at a church, it was college football season. I grew up in Wisconsin, and on that particular weekend, my beloved Badgers were playing your Hawkeyes. And y'all won. And let's be honest, y'all weren't an offensive juggernaut last year. <laughs> but it's okay. Hey, I had some stuff I got to work through. But here's my conclusion. We all can agree that Minnesota's trash. <laughs> so the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and y'all are forgiven. As I was driving through... Um, I was thinking, man, my family wishes they could be here, specifically my wife, because I know you're not going to believe this, but one of my wife's all-time favorite places in all the world is in Floyd, Iowa. Floyd, Iowa, home to the internationally renowned gospel sing. I don't know if you've ever been there, but my wife got introduced um, from a college student to Floyd, Iowa, and she would go to the gospel sing. So if you haven't been there, you know, pray about it. This is my family. We live in North Minneapolis. My wife, Candace, our seven kiddos. We got our bigs and our littles. Some are biological, some are adopted. I'm gonna let you figure it out. Uh, <laughs> well, we love them. And I can't wait, if I don't screw it up, maybe Pastor Rich will invite me back and I'll bring the whole crew, right? We'll like double your kids group. I love being here on Kingdom Builders because Kingdom Builders, the principles that are built Um, that Kingdom Builders is kind of laid upon are principles that not only transform the world, and I'm telling you, it transformed the world. You can see the video there, but it is an invitation for us. And maybe you've rolled in here, you're a little tired. Maybe you've rolled in here and this works, and this week's been hard, or this season's been hard, or your spouse has been hard. Don't raise your hand. You know, maybe you are in a season where things are difficult, and yet Kingdom Builders, for me personally, has been one of the most breath of revelation in my spiritual journey. You see, I read in the book about this unruly rabbi on the side of a mountain that's talking about an upside-down kingdom, and he's inviting us in John 10.10. He says, I want you to live life and life to the full. And sometimes... If I do an honest investigation, a relentless investigation of my own soul, it doesn't always seem full, right? Am I living fully? Do I feel fulfilled? And yet, here's what I know. Kingdom builders, the principles on it are like a magic portal, in my opinion, towards this thing that that unruly rabbi, if you're not keeping up with me, that's Jesus, this unruly rabbi that invites us to live differently, right here in this place and our role around the world. There's a a scene at the end of that video. 
And there's a gentleman that comes up out of the water, that's water baptism in the tradition that I grew up in, a tradition that this house represents, water baptism is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And after that, there's a phoenix that comes up. And I know some of y'all are getting worried that I'm gonna go Harry Potter on you. I am not. The phoenix was a symbol that the early church chose, oftentimes even before the cross, because of what it represents. The phoenix, this majestic bird that flies around for 500 years and then comes crashing to the earth to its death, but rises up out of a pile of ashes stronger than ever. And this is our mutual story. Whether you feel super empowered or whether you are dragged yourself in, if you at all subscribed to being a Christ follower, our mutual story is that we get to rise up stronger. You literally get to get out of this chair and rise up stronger as you head into your week, as you head into Easter season, as you head into your finals or your midterms, as you head into wherever you are going, whether it's incredibly difficult or whether you feel like you're thriving, our shared story is that we are a phoenix rising up. So Kingdom Builders reminds me of that. I see it in our international partners. Like Me Too. Me Too, a 17-year-old girl, lives in a country, she's told that because she screwed up in her last life, Me Too is a marginalized, poor girl that nobody cares about. And she intersected with one of our partners who told her that he serves a God that's not mad at her. That she didn't make a mistake in her past life, but that she's royalty. And that God wants her to be in relationship and she thought this was too good to be true. She became a Christ follower and she's like, how do I share this with other people? Now, she got extra credit because she went to a pastor training school and over the course of the year, she became a pastor at 17 years old. Women are powerful in the kingdom. And she goes back to her village and day one, three families become Christ followers. She got herself a church, day one, right? But the witch doctor was not having it. So he came to her and he said, here's the deal, you keep doing that, I'm gonna put you in jail. So Me Too keeps sharing the gospel and the witch doctor was true to his word and he threw Me Too in jail. But it wasn't a jail like you might picture, it was a five by five by five wooden box. No light could get in, they beat her. The only time she interacted was when they put one ball of rice with a pinch of salt into this box. But after 30 days they let her out. They were afraid that the jailers were gonna become Christians. I read a book like that. So she gets out and the witch doctor says, I'll let you out, but you gotta get out of here. If you come back to the village, I'm gonna kill you. She said, I'm planting God's church or I'm gonna die. Today there's a 18 year old girl that is a pastor of a church of over 300 people and her name's Me Too. Me Too is like a phoenix rising up. This is the stories that we're a part of. If you have invested in kingdom builders in any way, in any time. These are the stories that you're a part of, but not just to give some money and be a part, but this is a reminder of what the kingdom is about. Like Sashila, whose parents sold her as a child bride. Not because they were bad parents, but because there are things happening in the world and oppression and poverty that creates unimaginable decisions that family members have to make. And Sashila, leaves her country, goes to India, where her husband starts trafficking her. He beats her, he electrocutes her. He locks her in the bathroom one time for four straight days. All she had was to drink out of the toilet water. But just like we sang this morning, Sashila is brave. 
And with the help of one of our partner organizations, Sushila escapes through a border patrol station. She gets counseling and she becomes free. And one of the things that I know is that free people, free people. Sushila has given her life now to stand on the very border where she was trafficked and she's rescuing girls right now. Not only that, but recently she took down the regional prostitution and human trafficking ring that she was trafficked into. That is brave, she is a phoenix rising up, she is courageous, yeah. These are your stories. This is what we are reminded that we get to be like or like Cuckoo. Cuckoo serves in another country where we serve, a place that is historically unstable, that is historically difficult towards marginalized people. Two years ago there was a military coup and they outlawed helping marginalized people. Ethnic genocide, they just didn't want it. Our partners last year got 3.5 million meals to some of these IDP camps, these internally displaced camps. Cuckoo is delivering meals to refugee camps, to leprosy colonies, that's a real thing, to AIDS villages. But because it was so dangerous, this year alone, we had three partners that were killed for sharing the gospel. Martyrs. Wrap your mind around that. And so we started talking about, man, this, this feeding program is putting our partners in serious harm's way. And so we reached out to them and we said, we're considering suspending the feeding program until things calm down. Well, Cuckoo told us what she thought about that. She sent me an email. And in this email, I've redacted some of the stuff that would put her in danger. She said, I will not run away from Yangon. I won't leave my people in trouble for the safety of me or my family. No matter how difficult it is, I will always be in Yangon for my people. It's my calling from God. It's my commitment to help my people as much as I can. Shouldn't we help more when people are in trouble? That's the question we gotta answer. That's the question we get to answer. That is part of the principles of what we get to answer through kingdom builders. And it's not just because we wanna be good humans, it's because the gospel as spoken by the unruly rabbi, pays attention to the marginalized people and something powerful happens in those moments. And our partners get it. Our partners inspire me. Our partners, their commitment to rise up like the phoenix reminds me of how I'm supposed to live right now. Their commitment to bringing justice to the unreached. We serve in a part of the world that is some of the toughest on the planet. It's the intersection of what we call the least reached and the least resourced. The least reached is less than 2% gospel witness. Out of every 100 people, two have never even heard that, there's not, that God's not mad at them, that God has a plan for them to thrive, and least resourced. So this circle doesn't take up the whole screen, right? I know you're all not mathematicians, but it's a part of it. Inside of this circle, over half of the global population lives. Think about that, half, think of that population density. It is the greatest amount of unreached people. And yet, only 1% of Christian giving globally goes to that circle. 1% to half the people that have never heard the gospel. It's difficult and that's where we wanna be. So we go into these difficult places and we identify marginalized communities. And in these communities, we address four different injustices. There won't be a quiz, but it's human trafficking, refugee crisis, extreme poverty, and persecution. And then we partner with local leaders, not ones that look like me, 
local leaders that are born there that understand the complexity of the situation that's happening there. And we come up with immediate and long-term solutions like feeding programs and safe houses, things like education, agriculture, women empowerment. And one of the things that we know is that the number one source of transformation for an individual or for an entire community is the presence of a local church, like Life Church. Who would have known? I, I'm sitting here doing worship going, how does this happen in Coralville? Is it Coralville? Am I getting that right? Like, people don't know. You all got a secret here. It shouldn't be a secret. Y'all need to be getting more people here. This is incredible here. Transformational moments. These churches that we plant, they're the first to provide food, water. They're the first to rescue. They're coming up with long-term solutions because the gospel not only talks about eternity, but it also talks about thriving right here. I know the video said 2,000 churches, but guess what? In the last four years, we've planted over 4,000 brand new churches. That's incredible. The resiliency, the resiliency of our partners to be like Phoenix, rising up stronger than ever, reminds me of how I'm supposed to live in North Minneapolis and reminds us this morning of what it looks like to live in the greater Coralville metropolis. There's a lot to say, right? And so then, we partner with beautiful churches like this who share the DNA of venture and that unruly rabbi that invites us to be a part, to pay attention, to respond to needs, not only because it helps others, but it, because it does something to our soul. And we get responses like the video, $45 million raised, 50 million meals to people who are displaced, literally living on the floors of the jungle, having babies on the floor of the jungle because they are oppressed. Think about a thousand new farming communities and y'all get that. A thousand girls rescued. We talk about things like human trafficking and it's almost become just like this cause bumper sticker, human trafficking. In the villages where we serve, up to 70% of the girls are trafficked. Seven out of 10. Oftentimes, when a mother is pregnant and they find out she has a female, the pimps come in and pre-purchase. Pre-purchase when the baby is in utero. Wrap your mind around that. And they come back when the girl is eight, nine, and 10. And they take the girl. And from that moment on, she's abused 20 and 30 times a day over and over and over again. That's as PG-13 as I will get. I know that we have a lot of people in this room of different ages and different experiences. And I want to be sensitive to what different people have gone through. But when that's the reality and we celebrate a thousand girls who have a different reality, they have a safe place to live, they have food, they have education, they're introduced to the gospel that God's not mad at them, but God loves them. They become some of the most powerful agents of the kingdom that you have ever seen and we, we get to be a part of that. So if maybe you think I'm into my fourth or fifth cup of coffee, it's not that, it's that kingdom builders is something that moves me so deeply that we get to partner in this moment to not only transform communities, but also to be transformed ourselves. There's a verse, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Pastor Rich kind of opened up with this last week and immediately the board called me and said, Paul, you gotta do some repair work. Can you do that same verse and just do it a little bit better? I'm kidding. Um, what I'm gonna, y'all are like, what? Uh, 
But I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump off of where Pastor Rich went. He talked about ways that you can engage in the Great Commission. You can pray, you can give, you can go. I'm gonna focus on go for just a, just a couple of minutes. But in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus gives what's called the Great Commission. It's not the great you have to. It's not the great you're gonna go to hell. It's not the great suggestion. It's this commissioning to be a part of the work of the kingdom that we're all invited to. And he says, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them everything I've taught you, and I'll be with you until I come back. To go, to disciple, to baptize, to teach. And here's this word, go. And this word, go, is not a very deep spiritual word. We don't have to exegete it. We don't have to do a whole bunch of hermeneutics. It's, I'm not gonna go deep into the text. It's a, in, in the Greek, it's porthetes. And porthetes simply means to move in a direction, right? So you all feel smart. You knew Greek, right? Just, just to go from, from one area to the other. And what does it look like for us in this room, in this moment, in our life, in our moment in time, wherever you are at, in your life and spiritual journey, what does it look like for all of us to go? I grew up in church and it wasn't kingdom builders. It wasn't branded cool like that. It was just missions convention. And missions convention growing up for me was mostly, do I feel called to be a missionary somewhere over here? And if the answer was no, I was like, well, that was a couple of good stories from somebody standing on stage. Kingdom Builders is a reminder that this is not just about if you should be a missionary, it's about our invitation to something powerful that will unlock our soul and our existence. Whether we are on a campus, in our family, with our jobs, it will and has unlocked things. And so here's three ways that you can go. First of all, you can go in your community. And the reason why we start there is because a lot of times, Kingdom Builders missions, going is about, should I go to Nepal? Should I go to Bangladesh? Do I feel called to these people over here in this place? But that's not at all what Porthetes says. Going is less about distance and it's about destination. It's less about proximity and it's about our posture. Do we see hurting people around us? And how do we respond to that? Do we have a posture of seeing, you guys are at the, uh, an incredibly strategic intersection of middle America, solid middle America values and the world coming to you through the university. Do I see at this intersection that I am placed here to do something specific? And so what does it look like for us to go in our community? We celebrated 4,000 new churches planted. And one of the reasons why they are planted so quickly is because they believe one of their five core values is magnifying or multiplying prayer. They simply believe that we pray our guts out and God will bring people to us. All right, that's, that's nice for somebody like me that doesn't want to get up on Saturday morning and go knock on my neighbors. I live in North Minneapolis. You, you wake up on Saturday morning and knock on someone's door and tell them you're going to hell, you got a whole other set of problems. <laughs> right? So I, I'm okay with just praying my guts out. So we literally, we try to model what we learn from the global church and we pray by name for people every single day that don't know Christ. And one of my team members was praying for his neighbor. He prayed three whole weeks and the neighbor knocks on his door. Hey, my kids are acting a fool. Your kids look like they're pretty stable. What's your secret? 
He's like, oh, we're part of a faith community and that really anchors our kids. He goes, can I go to church? That easy, three weeks and you're good. I don't know if we got three weeks to Easter, but I bet you pray better than my teammate, okay? So if you just start praying, you don't gotta do anything else. So he takes them to church. And after church, kind of that requisite conversation of, hey, how'd you like church? And his neighbor goes, man, that was some good, and he used an expletive. I won't use it, neither will Pastor Rich. We can't put it on the website, but here's the deal. It's a ringing endorsement from people that use that word. He thought the church was awesome and asked to come back. And he came back again, and then I'm not kidding you, on Easter, the pastor says, with every eye closed, every head bowed, right? Because that's what we do. Raise your hand if you want to start a relationship with Christ. My buddy broke the rule. He kept his eye open. You shouldn't do that. You know, he'll have to. He puts his eye open like that, and he sees his neighbor raise his hand, and his wife, and their kids. What if you don't think of anything else, but what if Kingdom Builder starts with you just thinking about who you can be praying for for Easter? Making some room in second service, going to first, going to third. But what if there's a card here? Like, it's right here. Just put, you know, Maybe it's the person right next to you. Maybe they've been acting a fool. Don't let them see it, but just like, I'm praying for, you know. But have you ever thought of that? You don't have to be an evangelist. You don't have to sweat a lot and wear a suit and say shundai. You can just care about the broken people in your life and start praying for them and see what the Holy Spirit does. We can also, we can also go through kingdom builders. And I'm telling you what, it is an honor. I mean this. It's an honor that Venture is part of this booklet. This is a curated, prayed for booklet, not of your buddies, not of your friends, not of really cool things, but orgs that match the DNA of this church and the DNA of the unruly rabbi. And I'm one person representing one org, but I represent a lot of incredible orgs here. Priority One, Convoy of Hope, Live Dead, Mission of Mercy. These are incredible things, things locally like Faith Academy, things that you do with Servolution for your other campuses. Like this is what I love about this. So I just met with my financial advisor. He's my old roommate. So, you know, I just give him some money every once in a while. But um, this is like a missions Roth IRA. Like you don't have to do a lot of work. You just, you just give your money and this is These stories that we saw in the video, these are our victories. These are our kingdom stories that we get to be a part of, but we have to, we have to remind ourselves that we're being invited by scripture and by people like Cuckoo that says, shouldn't we help more when people are in need? So you can go through your community, you can go through kingdom builders, and you can can go through missions. Now, You go to a great church because they make it really easy. All of your missions, short-term missions opportunity, India, Panama, New Orleans, they're all warm. It's March. This this is not a hard thing to think about, all right? You don't even need to hear from the Holy Spirit. You just be like, check your weather app and go, I'm going to Calcutta, hallelujah. (laughs) I'm going to Panama, right? But really, really part of my journey was going to Poland when I was a junior in high school, and seeing the world, and not just feeling bad for the world, but seeing what God was doing, and being reminded that I was invited to that. Would you consider that? And just like your pastor and his wife and their family in Bangladesh, God is still moving in people's hearts to go all around the world with exactly how he created you. Might not be everybody, it's probably not, or else you know, the population of Iowa, Iowa will go down quite a bit. Um, but for some of you, would you during this Kingdom Builders 
season, be praying about what that, what that looks like. Because when we go, when we go, not way out there over there first, but in our community, when we go, when we're brave, when we make the choices to respond in the way that Cuckoo and Shashila and me too, when we do that, we're a part of the kingdom bursting in Life Church and around the world. You will not believe the story of my friend Hannah. Watch this. My parents and village people work in the gravel pit. During rainy season, work is not possible since the shores are flooded. Many people go hungry from the little they earn from selling sand. Therefore, people are compelled to sell their bodies. In Nepal, there is a caste system. Brahman is the highest caste. And Badi are a part of the Dalit, which is the lowest, the untouchable caste. When I was small, our friend and her husband lived near our house, and they would often come to visit. The husband told my sister that he wanted to take her to visit our mother's birthplace in Rangat. Instead, he took her in a tractor, where he drugged her to make her unconscious. He sold her for $30. I started losing consciousness from the shock of losing my sister. So my father took me to the hospital in Nepal Gunj. When the doctor checked the x-ray, he read the report that I was Badi. He then tried to rape me. Later, I told my father that my doctor tried to rape me. My father said, if we say something to anyone, they will not treat us. To whom shall we complain? When I met Hannah, her ace was a crucial ace to be sold out in Delhi. And she has also had great fear that somebody will destroy her life. So it took a long time for me to establish relationship and then I began to build a relationship with Hannah, her father. I began to share my heart to them that in order to protect them, we would start hostel or home in Kathmandu and uh, give them education. And when I shared this, they, they got excited. When I went to the hostel, the behavior of the people there changed me. After going there, I learned what real love looks like. And the thing that changed me most has been getting to know Jesus. In seven years of time, out of 700 people, 400 people have come to know the Lord. And today, by the power of the gospel, the village is changing. 
and the former trafficker who sold Hannah's sister is the pastor of that church. I'm very thankful to the Lord for venture because partnership is helping us to fulfill our daily needs in the hostel, in the schools, everywhere. And together we are going to stop human trafficking in body people. To whom shall we complain? It's what the dad said. To God, who will move on the hearts of people in Coralville, Iowa, on March 26, and invite them to be a part of an ongoing powerful story. That video is six years old and I still show it because what a transformed life can do for the kingdom is incredible. Hannah not only is the first to graduate from college of her people group, she came over to the US and people started noticing something different about her and she got offered two different full ride scholarships to universities. She's had two books written about her. She's been on national television in both the US and in Nepal. She um, was living in a multi-million dollar mansion that someone just said, I'd like for you to live here. And God spoke to her and said, mm, you have to keep going as well. And so left a multi-million dollar house on the ocean in Florida, went back to Nepal and rented a 400 square foot apartment and let 10 other people live with her. Trying to help them trying to, especially women who are marginalized around violence, around trafficking, and around feminine hygiene issues. She started Himalayan Entrepreneurial Resources, which is very hard to say at the end of a second service. We call it her. Where she's addressing feminine hygiene issues and women empowerment issues because too many women in the world don't know how beautifully and wonderfully God has made their body. And with this, she is planting churches and miraculous things are happening. This year alone, she has delivered over 6,000 feminine hygiene kits. And with every single one, she shares the hope of the gospel. Recently, she went to a village. And the village said that there was going to be um, 500 women there excited to hear her share her story. She's a national celebrity. She said, that's great, except we only have 300 kits. And they said, no problem. We don't have 500 women, we have 700 women. And so she instructed the workers that were with them to start passing them out and we'll see what happens. We're in a book like that. Pastor Rich talked about that last week. I kid you not, we have done our due diligence. Every single one of those 700 women had a feminine hygiene kit and there's no other explanation but the miraculous work of God who cares deeply about marginalized people and we get to be a part of it. There was actually 42 kits left over and it went to a crisis pregnancy center. These are the stories. 
This is our moment to match the tenacity of Hannah, to match the spiritual tenacity of Cuckoo and Shashila and Me Too, powerful women doing incredible things for the kingdom and knowing that we are reminded by them that this is what the unruly rabbi talks about. So when you hear me excited about kingdom builders, it's because it is our bridge, it's our portal, it's our connection, and it is our deep privilege to help more when people are in need. As Pastor Rich comes up, I'd just like to pray a prayer blessing over you. And you don't have to bow your heads or close your eyes because you're probably like my coworker. It's gonna keep your eyes open anyway. King David in Psalms, he says the priestly blessing, but then he gives a, a future cast to the Great Commission and he says, and with him, I say to you, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may his face shine upon you so that the nations will know that he is God. Amen.